Okay, welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. And for the Monday weekend wrap-up in sports, we got Jason Cameron joining us as always. How's it going, buddy? It's going good. It's going good. Uh, I basically stayed out of the rain for the most part. Nice. Like Saturday was... Saturday was ridiculous. I, I was hoping that Saturday didn't extend into Sunday because it was it was coming down pretty hard Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I was disappointed because uh, um, we had some weekend plans, um, Saturday plans, and went out. But, uh, yeah, we just uh, tried to go from place to place, uh, minimize the amount of outdoor exposure because it was pouring rain, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was coming down hard. Like, I had to go out to Abbotsford, deal with some stuff with the car, get winter tires put on. So going back and forth, I was just like, wow. Like even, even coming back at night, I want to say it was like, I think I was on the road around nine o'clock. It was, it was hard to see the road. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and they, and they definitely do not need more rain out there. No, no, they, they certainly don't. Like, like uh, I think they've already been like the new, it's already been on the news. That if the pump station fails this time around out there in the Sumas Plains, that lake's there for a while. Wow. It's not going to be going anywhere. Did you see oh. did you see flooded areas when you were out there? No. No, no, no. No, no I, actually, everything was good. And then plus where uh, my family members are out in Abbotsford, they're on a hill. So I, I, I didn't see anything. I just was, but it was raining pretty hard. And I was like, yeah. fingers crossed. No. Yeah. Yeah. So you got your tires uh, on, winter tires ready to go. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, keep your fingers crossed. We don't see too much snow anyway, though. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, like, considering the amount of rain that we have, if it does turn into snow, yeah, that's a lot of snow. Yeah. A lot of snow. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, uh, yeah, keep our fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, hopefully it's a good winter. I'm not sure what it's going to be. Turning out like, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, why don't we get into it? Uh, there's uh, NFL Week 12. Uh, the, the Monday Nighters happening as we speak. Uh, Washington football team just took an eight-point lead, 17-9 over the Seahawks. Uh, Taylor Heineke is uh, having a good game, uh, 162 yards passing with a touchdown pass. Uh, J.D. McKissick has both TDs for Washington, one on the ground, one through the air. Uh, Terry McLaurin has 40 yards through the air. But, um, yeah, Seahawks are sinking lower and lower and lower uh, every week we go by. It's a barn burner of a game. What a game. What a game. No, no seriously. Um, yeah, it's uh, the Seahawks are they're looking to rebuild now, I think. Yeah. They're looking to retool. And I think this rebuild that the Seahawks are going to go through, it may take a couple of years. Yeah. I just hope they uh, change the coordinator. If they're going to keep Pete Carroll around, uh, I hope they can change the, um, you know, definitely the offensive coordinator. I've been frustrated with their lack of identity, lack of throwing the ball to the, the right guys. Uh, they seem to, want to run the ball even though Carson's hurt and you know they're doing a running back by committee uh really bothers me uh that the Seahawks are you know down at the 
bottom of their division and starting to look like, um, yeah, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the conference, uh, maybe in the league. And uh, it's tough around here because, you know, there are so many Seahawks fans. People love it when the team's good. And it's just a quick uh, trip down the I-5 to go see a game. Well, I guess the good thing is, if there is a good thing, which there isn't, um, about the fact that the Seahawks are not very good, ticket prices should be very affordable yeah. going forward. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You'll be able to see a losing team if you want to. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson's 33rd birthday tonight. Um, yeah, this is probably the worst season of his career. Uh, <laughs> do you think this really frustrates him to the point where he wants out again? Well, he wanted out in the first place, right? So I don't know. I don't think this season has really emboldened him to say, man, I love this team. I really want to stay. You probably don't want to stay right now because if you look at the team and you look at their prospects going forward, bleak yeah. is a good word. Yeah. So he's probably thinking to himself, he's got to shove on to something better, to something more. Yeah. Um, more amenable to his legacy of being like a hall of fame quarterback and all that sort of stuff. Cause that all of that is very important to him. Like it is to any player, but yeah. very important to him, especially. So if he wants those things, I don't think he's going to get that in Seattle anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see if the Seahawks uh, decide to put him on the market. Uh, it's always hard to get uh, proper value for you yeah. know, elite players in the league. Uh, maybe they can get some draft picks and, blow this thing up and, you know, start from the foundation right up. Um, we'll see, but yeah, it's been a tough year. Definitely one of the, the toughest I, I can remember uh, to be a Seahawks fan and follow this team. Um, yeah. They've got, they've got the weapons, uh, but yeah, they just seem to, yeah, just year after year, it seemed like they just lost a couple of faces and another couple faces and another couple. And, and uh, this year they finally just imploded. Yeah, yeah, man. Like it's just, it's just you you can't have addition through subtraction. Yeah. And they've subtracted so much that this is what you're left with. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, uh, Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner is the only guys that have been around this this whole run. And uh yeah, it doesn't it's not looking good. We'll keep you posted on on the score, but uh yeah, so far Washington's up 17 to 9. Washington's four and six going into this game and Seahawks are three and seven. Washington's actually still in the mix for playoff uh, berth They're They're not far down the chain. Uh, there's a lot of teams in the hunt in the NFC. There are some elite teams. And then uh, as you're looking at those sixth and seventh positions in the playoffs, um, you know, it seems like eight teams are uh, in the running for two spots. Yeah. There's, there's a glut there and uh, we're going to see, who can rise to the top out of all of that? And I, I'm interested to see which team is going to capitalize on their opportunity. Yeah. Okay. We, uh, we start with the NFC typically. Uh, why don't we sort of, uh, why don't we sort of go by the seeds right now and we'll sort of focus on the teams that are at the top. Uh, Arizona had a buy. They sit first in the conference at nine and two. Uh, looking really strong. Kyler Murray, uh, sounds like he's um, on his way back and about to play in this next game. Uh, Green Bay, uh, huge win on the weekend, uh, sitting in second place in the conference, nine and three. 
Uh, were you impressed by Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and uh, and Green Bay and their victory? Yes, I was. I, I was impressed. Okay, but I, I want to start with Aaron Rodgers' whole COVID thing because because that's that's still very much a story. Yep. There was a rumor out there, and I don't know if it's true, that he had what you call COVID toe. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But he has come out and said, no, it was actually a fractured pinky. Yep. Hmm. Hmm. Don't know what's true. Probably is it, what he says is true, or it could probably be both things, and he's just not saying the other. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But either way, it doesn't matter because you want to know why? Because he won. <laughs> a winner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah and, that, and that's, and, and everybody will forget about Rogers doing that thing with the COVID and lying and all that sort of stuff. It, as long as he wins, it's all good. Yeah. It's hard to take him at his word after him lying about being vaccinated and he wasn't. Um, yeah. There was the rumor of the COVID toe. There actually was talk today that he might opt for some surgery and some surgery might be needed to fix this toe. Uh, supposedly he was going to, uh, make a decision early this week so we'll keep abreast of that but um yeah i don't know I, i'm surprised that uh, surgery might be necessary on this toe that was uh that was weird news i heard today odd right no that's a little odd like it's like oh certainly like, like how badly did you mangle your pinky toe <laughs> like how how bad is that for you to say well it looks like i'm gonna have to go under the knife with that pinky <laughs> Yeah, you know, like I, weird, I don't yeah. know. I, I can't remember the last time I really heard about it, where no. a pinky toe was so egregious that they had to go under the knife to fix it. So, yeah. Well, his performance didn't uh, seem to lend to any types of problems with his foot. Uh, 307 yards passing, a couple t- touchdowns, and he scored one on the ground himself. Uh, yeah, he seems like, you know, he seems okay with it. Uh, the Packers got a great performance from Adams. Eight catches, 104 yards. Randall Cobb is back and and uh, performing amazingly. Four catches, 95 yards, and a TD. Uh, A.J. Dillon had a great day. And, uh, yeah, they seem to have all their weapons firing. Aaron Jones is still coming back from an injury, but uh, rest of the rest of the squad is looking great. Yeah, man. And also, too, he did say Aaron Rodgers. I, I love going back to this guy. Aaron Rodgers, after the game, did say, you know what? Every time I step on the field... I expect greatness, greatness from myself. And I was just like, oh, that's, that's cool. <laughs> wow. A little hey, cocky. Little he cocky hey? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of arrogance yeah. or a ton of it, a little bit of cockiness. But, hey, he delivered. He delivered. But at the same time, it's not like Stafford had a bad game. Stafford mm-hmm. had an excellent game, man. Yeah. 21 and 38, 302 yards, three touchdowns. Like he, he came close, and Odell Beckham Jr. showed up. All yeah. of a sudden, five receptions, eighty-one yards, and a TD. That's kind of what they need from him. If he's yeah. going to be on the team, that's exactly what they need. Yeah, there, this was uh, one of the games of the week. Definitely, uh, Packers pulled it out, thirty-six twenty-eight. Uh, Rams made a furious comeback, but uh, just fell one touchdown short. Um, yeah, both these teams are, you know, elite, uh, but unfortunately the Rams have hit a speed bump here. Third loss in a row. Uh, I'm not sure what's exactly wrong. They've got 
great offense. They've got great defense. Uh, maybe some new faces in. Uh, just haven't quite meshed with the the, the squad yet. But um, surprising that uh, they roar off to a seven-one start, lose three straight. Yeah, it it is surprising. But at the same time, it's like the Rams, like you said, they do have the pieces. So they can put this back together again. And if they go for a run at the end of the regular season, then they're they're good, I guess. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I, I'm sure they were super thrilled with uh, Odell Beckham getting his touchdown in his second game back. He played limited because uh, he had just come in that week, uh, last, last game. But, uh, yeah, he finally – uh, got an opportunity. Uh, it seems like uh, he he can fit really in LA a lot more than Cleveland. I think I think uh, LA's a better town for a guy like him. Yeah, it it, it just looked like in the game it was a better fit. Yeah. Like it just looked like it was a better fit for him within the offense and everything else. And then also too, he doesn't literally have to worry about getting double teamed or anything because yeah. there's a bunch of really really good receivers all over the field with yeah. the Rams. So. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, yeah. Great uh, performance by the Packers. Uh, we'll see the Rams uh, need to regroup a little bit. Um, the third seed in the NFC is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they seem to be poised again, uh, trying to repeat as Super Bowl champions. Um, eight and three start big 38, 31 win over the Colts. Uh, Leonard Fournette was the star of the day star of this game for sure. But, the uh, best performance of the day, four touchdowns, three on the ground, one through the air. Uh, the other guys uh, weren't needed. Uh, they just said, okay, Leonard, it's your game. Score all the TDs for us. And and he sure stepped up. Yeah, he sure did. He he had a he had a monster game. He had a monster game. Another guy that actually had a monster game because Brady was just like, hey, big guy, catch the ball, catch the ball. Gronkowski had a big game, man. Yeah. Yeah. Seven reception, 123 yards. He, he he went to his favorite big tight end as a target all game. And uh, the other thing that stuck out to me is Brady really loves to play the Colts. Yeah. He loves playing the Colts. He loves beating up on this team. Brady, you know what his record is against the Colts? <laughs> 16 and four. Oh, geez. Eh? Wow. That, that's, that's against Peyton. That's, wow. he, that's all those years against Peyton. And just like, oh, man. Peyton, you just are not on my level. <laughs> Unreal, eh? Yeah, he, I'm sure he got up for all those games because they always compared him and Peyton throughout their yep. careers and said who was actually the better quarterback. But, uh, yeah, the better team was obviously the Patriots in, for many years. And, uh, yeah, he, he's compiled a great record. Uh, I, was, I was shocked at the way the Colts' game plan was, though. Jonathan Taylor has been carrying the ball like crazy. And uh, for some reason, they just didn't really give it to him like they, they normally do. Um, I was shocked. Uh, I know the Bucks have a great run defense, but they, you know, they, they just didn't, they just abandoned it really early. And Taylor ended up pretty good stats, but not, not the same types of numbers that we're used to seeing uh, lately. No, no, not at all. Like, Look, look at look at his actual numbers, okay? 16 attempts, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That looks like he was actually pretty successful. Mm-hmm. So keep giving him the ball then? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? 
Weird, like, yeah. like they should have kept running the ball. Like it seemed like running the ball was actually the right thing for them to do. And then they just kind of stopped. Yeah. Like why? I don't get it. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. Getting Carson Wentz to throw the ball 44 times, uh, you know, that that's not the recipe for success with this team. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, with Jonathan Taylor averaging over five yards to carry, I just think, you know, he, he should have been having at least 20, 25 carries and, you know, dominating like he has. Uh, I was really, really surprised that they abandoned the run quite early and, and put it all on Carson Wentz, who had a good game, but uh, just didn't have the same type of weapons that he has through the air that the Bucs have. So it, it was just, yeah, it was going to happen if uh, this this was the game plan. It's I don't think, how about this? I, I, I'm going to break it down to even a more basic thing. It's never a good idea to have a shootout against that guy, mm-hmm. Tom Brady. No. It's it just like more often than not, you're going to, you're going to lose like badly. I know. So weird. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even attempt it. It's, it's, yeah, it's proven for the last, uh, what, 19 years. It's years. just not working. Yeah. It's not working. Uh, there was a, an amazing strip sack by Shaq Barrett that really turned this game around, uh, really ended up being the pivotal moment in this game that, um, they were, yeah, that, that caused the Tampa Bay to, pull out the victory. Um, uh, Michael Pittman. Wow. He struggled badly. He was uh, his numbers four for 53, but I think they threw the ball to him maybe 10 times. He was dropping the ball. He was the cause of uh, a pick or two, possibly both picks. He was the cause of Uh, man. He had a horrifically bad game. Yeah, he, he was, not on point to say the least. And when they needed him to really show up, he, he did not, he did not. So it was unfortunate because the Colts had, obviously they had a chance to win this game, but like if their best players don't show up for a game of this magnitude, then really hard to win. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa Bay's rolling and, and looking good. Uh, some hiccups through the year here, but uh, eight and three third seed. Uh, Dallas sits in the four seed. They had a really thrilling game on Thanksgiving day against Vegas, uh, ended up losing 36, 33 in overtime. Um, but, um, it, it was, a uh, one of those good old fashioned shootouts. Uh, both teams had about 370 yards passing and they just kept going back and forth, uh, through the entire game. Uh, both teams were only three of 13 on third downs or the score would have been probably in high 40s, 50s if they would have been able to capitalize on some of those third down attempts. But um, this was the game of, of Thanksgiving, and uh, Dallas still uh, seems like an easy runaway for this division, but um, what do you, where do you think they sit right now after 11 games? Uh, I still think like like going forward like as a possible Super Bowl contender still like a like a wild card have an outside shot like they really do if they put it all together for a string of games they're as deadly as any team in the league yeah. but that means they have to put it together for a string of games and we really haven't seen it like that yet yeah, yeah that's so, true yeah and and also too unfortunately the Raiders really picked on uh, the one Cowboys cornerback uh, Brown. Four pass interference calls, and I believe all of them 
were on third downs. Jeez, unreal. And that's that his that alone cost the Cowboys the game. Yeah. No, he had a terrible performance and yeah, they kept showing him, you know, he felt, I, you know, I could see him wanting to just cover his face like, oh, my God. Yeah. And, you know, you know, the uh, big screen in the, the Dallas Stadium, the thing is yeah. just absolutely massive. Uh, his face would have been plastered on there for uh, making some really bad pass interference calls. And, um, yeah, it was it was a rough, rough, rough game for him. I'd be surprised if he doesn't sit next game. Yeah, yeah, kind of to send a message, or also too, like it's just like, man, you know, like we 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 practice these drills in practice. Like you can't, you know, tackle the receiver. Yeah. Can't can't do that. <laughs> can't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Dallas is four. Uh, we mentioned the Rams uh, with the Green Bay game. They're in the fifth position now, seven and four. Uh, there was a battle for sixth place between the 49ers and the Vikings. They both came in at five and five, and whoever uh, won the game took the sixth position. The, the loser took the seventh place, and the Niners got the win, 34-26. Uh, Elijah Mitchell ran the ball 32 times. Uh, he was... Yeah. Oh, no, he touched the ball 32 times, 27 rushes, 137 yards and a touchdown, and five for 35 through the year. Uh, Debo Samuel also got some carries on the ground, six carries, 66 yards, and a couple TDs. Unfortunately, he got hurt, and uh, I haven't heard the long-term prognosis, but it sounds like he's possibly out for a week or two. Yeah, that hurt. Yes, the 49ers needed that win, but him going out with an injury of any sort yeah, hurts their chances for sure because he is so in- integral to their offense. Yeah. And it's like he, he he's like the engine that makes that offense go, man. So him being out for a week or two or however long it is will be detrimental to the 49ers. Yeah, yeah, it's really uh, tough on them. I'm I don't really know why they uh, decided to switch him to running back. Uh, they have had some, uh, they have had a few injuries there, but uh, the, the, their top two guys are healthy right now. So I'm not sure why uh, he got the ball uh, for six carries and a couple touchdowns. Uh, it was sort of surprising to me. Uh, they've been using him in that role the last couple of weeks, but uh, I'm not sure why. Well, I, I think they're using him just because like they want to see how effective it could be. It was it was pretty effective. Yeah, six carries, sixty six yards, eleven yards at carry. That, that that's that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. True. But also too, they have to realize that he's not an actual running back. So yeah. keep putting him back there. Like the chance has been getting hurt. It's it's going up and up and up. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Ayuk had a great game. Three catches, 90, 91 yards, uh, over thirty yards a catch, and. Uh, Juwan Jennings had the lone TD catch there. Uh, the Vikings played well and had a, a, a good game, but um, yeah, this was a this was a tough loss for them. Uh, they also got an injury to their running back, Dalvin Cook, uh, separated his shoulder. Um, uh, maybe not separated, sorry, maybe dislocated, dislocated his shoulder. Uh, so yeah, it'll be an injury that. 
probably hampers him for a few weeks for sure. We'll see what his status is, but um, that's not good for a guy that they utilize so much. No, not good. Not good for the offense. Not good for Cousins, who relies on heading that ball off to Dalvin Cook so he can make his magic. Um, and I, I want to say this, like, um, Vikings have basically been the only team to always lead by a touchdown, yeah. right? Yeah. And they did it again in this game, by the way. Amazing. They were up by a touchdown again. Wow. So it's, it's almost like the Vikings could easily be an 8-2 and two team. Yeah. If the ball falls their way, but Maybe. it happened. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. eh? five and six, but yeah, leading every single solitary game this year, but at least a touchdown. That's a, that's an incredible stat. And uh, yeah, but they just obviously haven't been able to finish games off. Yeah. Yeah. They just haven't like to just fall short of the goal all the time. So yeah, it's, a, it's disappointing if you're a Vikings fan. Adam Thielen was good as usual with a couple TDs. Uh, Jefferson, man, this guy is an amazing talent. Um, uh, another 83 yards on four catches, but a huge loss for the Vikings. Uh, sitting in seventh place, and there's so many teams in the hunt trying to take that last spot from them. Uh, let's see who's who's kind of there. Um, Atlanta's five and six. New Orleans is five and six. Philly's five and seven, Carolina's five and seven, Washington. If they win tonight, they'll be five and six. Giants are there. Chicago's there, both at four and seven. Uh, Vikings are, yeah, going to be hunted down by many, many, many teams. I uh, don't know. Uh, they better start uh, getting that lead and closing out these games, or they're going to be on the outside looking in. Yeah, they are. And, uh, yeah, they're going to have to put pedal to the metal, but like, but all these teams are going to be doing that. So again, like, as I said before, it'll be interesting to see who comes out of that glut of teams. Yeah. Yeah, sure. will be. Yeah. Um, I mentioned uh, Carolina in that uh, ramble off of the teams. They were dealt a massive blow as Christian McCaffrey had an MRI today and his injuries uh, put him on the shelf for the rest of the season. He's done. Um, man, he's had some injury troubles the last three years. A lot of people saying a lot of mean things about him on social media. And, uh, yeah, they just, they just utilized him a little too much in Carolina. I thought, uh, and he just couldn't hold up. His body has just been breaking down. How can you say anything bad about that dude? Yeah. He's, he's put life and limb on the line for the team. Yeah. It's, 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 it's football. Yeah. Like, and especially for him as a running back, he's going to get beat up on all the time. Like, so it's like, I don't know. What do you expect? What more do you want from him? The guy is freaking amazing Yeah, when he can get on the field and be healthy. It's just luck of the draw sometimes when it comes to football like this. Ah, I, I don't know about these fickle fans in, in, in Carolina, man. Like uh, for me, you, you just don't, you don't um, you don't say these things about like a premier player on your team like that. Yeah. He's giving yeah. you all you can, and it really true. is. Yeah. Uh, Cam Newton was benched for uh, the second half yesterday. Uh, he definitely had an off game. Uh, really, not a good performance. Five for 21, 92 <laughs> yards and a couple picks. Uh, he. He did run in one, uh, three carries for five yards and run one in, but 
Um, it's it's crazy how yeah he's back oh back to the bench buddy like, uh, <laughs> football is definitely what have you done for me lately yes it is it is um and people have a very very short attention span so it's just like hey man that doesn't cut it so you gotta ride the pine for a bit then honestly that was his worst statistical day i think he's ever had as a pro it was yeah. awful yeah Awful. I heard that uh, one of the reasons why they brought Philip Walker in was to um, do a, a short two-minute offense. Uh, Cam was, wasn't uh, adver uh, averse to that yet. He hadn't uh, got all the uh, ins and outs of what they, they run in a two-minute offense. So P.J. Walker came in, but he, he didn't fare too much better. Uh, we'll see. I think Cam's uh, is expected to, to start next game. Uh, the Dolphins kicked their ass that game, 33-10. to 10. They've won four straight now, and they're starting to creep up in the AFC. I'll, I'll, we'll cover that when we go to the AFC, but uh, starting one and seven and winning four in a row, uh, quite shocking. Uh, things are coming together for the Dolphins. Never would have expected it. Never would have expected that, that the Dolphins would somewhat figure it out. Um, and they have. So... Ah, let's see. Let's see what else they can do. You know, like with uh, two as the quarterback and stuff. But they do have some offensive weapons. They got Gaskin and they got Waddle, who actually had a monster game yeah. in that game against the Panthers. He sure did. Yeah, nine catches, 137 yards and a TD. And Gaskin had a couple touchdowns on the ground. And yeah, they they do have the weapons there. Um, they just gotta get a little bit better defense and and pull it all together. But um, yeah, let, we'll we'll see how it. Uh, Shakes out. Uh, one other team that's in that hunt uh, that I wanted to mention was the Falcons. They beat the Jags 21-14, uh, making you happy. Uh, I, I did not see Atlanta sniffing a playoff spot this year, but um, they're playing pretty well, and they do have a shot to get in there. Amazing. Amazing. I, I don't really know how they're doing this, but yes, yes, they have shot. And no. uh, this was their best game. Uh, rushing the football with 149 yards on the ground. Cordell Patterson had a big game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Something to cheer for. 16 attempts, 108 yards, two touchdowns. And uh, Matty Ice, he did what he needed to do. 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But uh, they they beat a Jags team that's still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, they're calling Cordell Patterson the – what is it? Swiss army knife. And they're yeah. utilizing him in, in so many different ways. And I didn't expect uh, him to be this good this year, but uh, yeah, he's had a really phenomenal year. Yeah, he really has. He's been like uh, the, the unexpected gem that uh, the Falcons have sorely needed throughout the season. Uh, Saints uh, got crushed by the bills. Um, they're not looking good. It's looking like Taysom Hills going to start next week is from what I heard today. And uh, Jalen Hurts had a horrible game for Philly. Uh, he was picked off three times, fumbled once. Um, really, the passing game was was horrible for Philly. And, and uh, yeah, they, they definitely had an off game in this one. Not, uh, not a good performance uh, from Philly and a uh, little reeling right now. Yeah, yeah, Hurts. Uh... Yeah, 
it seemed like every interception that he threw was just like, well, he, he, that wasn't close. Like, you, you literally should not have thrown that. Like, <laughs> yeah. That bad. That was bad. But at the same time, man, that man, the boy can run, though. Eight attempts, 77 yards. Yeah. What, what he should have done was just like, you know what? Pass the football, not working today. Just going to run. Just going to keep running. Yeah. Just going to keep running. No wow. more passing. I'm another running back back here. Pretty much a first down every time he runs the ball. Like, you know, yeah, if it's working, you know, yeah, I guess keep with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe you should have for this particular game. But it wasn't It wasn't like it was an offensive, like, uh, barnstorm here, 13-7. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a rough game. I watched a little bit of that, and then I turned it and said, "No, I'm not going back to this one." And there's other better games to watch. So, okay, well, uh, that's the NFC picture. Let's talk about the AFC. Uh, Baltimore. Uh, they had a primetime game last night against Cleveland, and it was boring. It was not one of those great primetime games that we've had this year, but they were still able to pull out the victory. Um, Lamar Jackson, he didn't, it wasn't very good. He threw a career high four interceptions. Uh, he missed last week due to an illness. So maybe that's still lingering a little bit. Uh, he didn't make a great play on the, uh, on the TD pass to Mark Andrews uh, to get the uh, lone touchdown for Baltimore. But um, yeah, I don't feel super confident that they're number one seed in the AFC, but Eight and three, um, looking good. If they can keep that defense rolling as good as they can and, and get a little more uh, out of that offense, uh, they can be great. But, um, yeah, are you, are you confident that, that they're the best team in the AFC at this point? No, absolutely not. No, I, I, I am not. Uh, but here's the thing that I'm going to say, though. Yeah, Jackson had a horrible game, like throwing four picks like that. But those two plays he had, right? Those two plays he had. Like, I, I believe even the one pass rusher from the Browns said, yeah, it's a heck of a play. He shook his hands because he was just like, I can't believe you did that. Like, what did you do, yeah. That was, and that's that's what Jackson can do. Like, he can, he can do these things that where you're just like, oh, okay, well, none of that should have happened. Yeah. Like, and it was both plays to Andrews. Down the field, he's running around for his life, and he's doing all this crazy stuff. And then all of a sudden, the ball gets thrown, and you're just like, "Wait, who's he throwing it to? Like, what? What just happened?" Yeah, yeah. Like he he has that within him. He does yeah. have that. So again, I'm not supremely confident, but every once in a while, that dude is simply amazing. He's dazzling. I know, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Some of those. Some of the uh, plays that he's had in his career, it's just uh, mind-blowing. And, you know, you, you never count the guy out when he goes back there. Uh, he, can, he can make the magic happen. Uh, we mentioned the Vikings losing a lot of heartbreaking games. Uh, the Ravens are 6-1 in tight games. 6-1 uh, in games decided by eight points or fewer. So they're pulling a lot of those out. Uh, the Browns came into the game ranked number one on the rush. And Baltimore just shut those guys down. Nick Chubb, eight carries for 16 yards. And Kareem Hunt, seven carries for 20 yards. Like, uh, I haven't seen these guys get shut down like this at all uh, since they've been a duo. Uh, that was an amazing performance by Baltimore's rush defense. Yeah, yeah. They, I think they took it to heart. They took the challenge 
and they overcame. They just said, you guys aren't running the ball nowhere. And they did not. Like, that was – I was surprised. I was yeah. supremely surprised. I didn't think Baltimore's defense would do that to the Browns' uh, running attack, and then they did. Yeah. Shut the door completely. Uh the Browns get a bye week, but then they play Baltimore again, uh, their next game, December 12th. So uh, kind of a scheduling quirk. Uh, they play uh, Baltimore back-to-back games. Uh, the Ravens don't have a bye, and they play Pittsburgh. So another AFC North opponent there. But, uh, yeah, kind of crazy for the Browns. They might be able to extract some revenge uh, in, in two weeks here. They might be able to. And – and then maybe they should be able to if they played better because come on, man, Jackson gave you the ball four times and you still couldn't no beat loss. them. Yeah, so yeah. think about that for a second. They gave you the ball four times yeah. and you couldn't beat them. So that's got to be disheartening for sure. Yeah. When you're, <laughs> when you're picking off a QB four times, typically you're, you're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. I, I would, I would love to see the stats on that. And it's probably something like 304, you know, where a quarterback gets picked off four times and uh, they, you know, the other team doesn't win. It's usually almost a guarantee. It usually always is. And the fact that they, they couldn't get that guarantee done is like, well, hopefully they'll come out with a lot more fire in the game against uh, Ravens next time they meet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, number two ranked team in AFC, a familiar face that we've been seeing for the past 20 years, uh, New England. Six wins in a row uh, with this rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, an amazing defense. Uh, New England suddenly ascended up back to the AFC top and uh, one year down Back up there, Belichick. Belichick has been able to pull this off. Uh, are you surprised that they've been able to get, win six in a row and now they're sitting in the second playoff position in the AFC? Of course I am. None of this was supposed to happen. I don't even know how he did this. He's a he's a he's a warlock, some sort of weird magician. I don't know how he's doing this. I, I'm going to be honest. I no. I never expected the Pats to be where they are right now. Yeah, And I certainly didn't, all things considering, I would never have considered them beating the Titans, but then the Titans have injuries. They're missing Derrick Henry and all this sort of other stuff. But even with that being said, I didn't think that the Patriots would just roll up on the Titans the way they have. Yeah. No way. I didn't expect that either. 36-13, I was really surprised by that. Um, uh, Patriots just utilized an amazing defense, though, and they've, and they've got uh, Mac Jones just dishing it, little screen passes, short little passes across the middle, really uh, not taking a ton of risks uh, with the, the, his throws. He had his career best uh, career best day with yards passing, 310 yards and a couple TDs. And um, can he be that new Tom Brady? Is Is he the Tom Brady that we saw 20 years ago coming into this Belichick and Patriot system. Okay, let's, let's hold our horses. Hold our horses. Hey, kids doing good, right? Yeah. Yeah. A little early to anoint him as the next coming up, you know, because pretty sure there's only ever going to be one guy like that. So, but 
to his credit, man, he, he's getting it done. And yep. he's getting help along the way. Uh, the Pats uh, defense forced four turnovers against the Titans. And uh, they're, they're, they're finding ways to win. Yeah. They're finding ways to win. Uh, in a really cool uh, scheduling quirk, just like I, I mentioned with Baltimore and Cleveland, uh, these guys, the, t- uh, the Patriots get to place Buffalo two out of the next three weeks. So that'll be uh, for the division title, probably. If one team can win both of them, uh, if the Pats can, you know, get at least one, that they will keep uh, Buffalo below them. But uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in those two weeks uh, between Buffalo and New England. The NFL as an organization has to be ecstatic over something like this, where they're just like, couldn't have planned that any better. That's awesome. That's great. (laughs) Because every Bills and Patriots fan will be obviously right in on on watching TV, thinking to themselves, all right, well, this is this is it. This is for the division. All the marks. You mentioned uh, the Titans had their um, off time. I I couldn't believe uh, Tannehill only had 93 yards passing, uh, but they were really run focused on this one. And it surprised me. Derrick Henry was out, and they decided to bring in Adrian Peterson and have a few guys in there, and uh, it really wasn't working. But this game, they had some amazing running performances. Dontrell Hillard, 12 carries for 131 yards and a TD, and Deontay Foreman, 19 carries, 109 yards. Uh, Man, they were really doing great on the ground, but, um, yeah, they just weren't scoring enough uh, to – to keep up with the Patriots. Yeah, no, they, they ate up a lot of ground, but they didn't score, which was the problem. Mm-hmm. And and also, too, now looking at these guys' numbers, we're like, well, wait, then why did you bring in AP in the first place? Did these guys always have done that? You just didn't, I don't know, give them the ball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. All right. Yeah. Uh, Hilliard, uh, man, 10.9 yards a carry, 12 co- – 12 carries for 131 yards in TD. That's a phenomenal performance. No, that's that's it's a great performance. Like both from both running backs. Like it's I, I was I was shocked to see like just how well the running attack was. And then, but when you look at the score, you're just like, well, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> oh, so bizarre. Yeah. Really bizarre. Titans were uh, number one seed going into this game. Uh, they've slipped back to Number three, and they're reeling. Uh, they're missing Heronry. They're missing A.J. Brown. They're missing Julio Jones. Uh, yeah, their offense is struggling, and uh, I don't know where they go from here. Uh, we'll, we'll see if they, uh, they keep struggling. Uh, yeah, they were, they were definitely the team to beat uh, for most of this year, but uh, they've slipped back to three, and it looks like they probably slipped back a few more positions. Uh, especially with KC sitting at number four, seven and four on the year. They had their bye week this week. Uh, they faced the Denver Broncos. Uh, they, they battle in at Sunday night, and that's the battle for the division lead. Uh, Denver's playing really well right now, but um, I think KC's finally figured out uh, what's going to help them uh, get some victories. Yeah, I, I think KC has figured it out. I think Mahomes has settled in and uh... – that offense looks as, as dangerous as ever. And, and it seems like they figured out some things on the defensive end as well. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it seems that things are beginning to come together for Casey. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati sits just behind them, also seven and four. Uh, since he had a huge explosion against the Steelers, an AFC North battle that uh, it was completely one-sided in this game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the Bengals just they boots to the Steelers. They just, just beat them up. Yeah. They said, no. They, they big-brothered them. Yeah. They big-brothered them all game. Yeah. And the guy that really had a huge game from this was their running back, Mixon. 28 attempts, 165 yards, wow. two touchdowns. Wow. He ran wild over them, man. He ran wild all over that team. Incredible, incredible game for him. Yeah, he just blew them out of the water. They could not stop him. And they said, okay, we'll just keep handing the ball, handing the ball. And what exactly what the Colts should have done with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 28 attempts. They should have gave Taylor 12 more attempts at the ball. And then maybe they win that game. Yeah. Yeah. It's you crazy. know, 12 less attempts passing the ball and 12 more attempts to their stud running back. And maybe they win that game. Steelers have fallen uh, all the way to the bottom of their division and uh, 12th in the conference. Uh, can we write them off or they, are they done? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I never really expected much from them this season anyways. And now that they are where they are, I believe, that's where they're going to stay. You know, like I, I, I don't see them being able to climb out of this or going on a historic run. I don't see that from this team. Yeah. Uh, the two corners uh, were really good for, for Denver as well. Uh, Mike Hilton and Eli Apple both had picks. Uh, Hilton's was a pick six and they really shut down Claypool. Uh, uh, he's, he's a guy that one of the guys that's emerged as, you know, the top uh, weapon for Roethlisberger. But, um, yeah, they, they really weren't allowing him to get the ball much and, and score. And, uh, yeah, this was 41 to 10, absolutely crushing. And uh, Mixon was definitely the star there. Um, huge performance. Burrow was, was good, but they didn't really need him that much uh, with Mixon just going crazy. Yeah, they didn't really need him that much. But Burrow was still very accurate, 20, 20 24, 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And going back to the cornerback for Cincy, Mike Hilton, that was apparently his first pick six at any level that he's ever played at. In his life, wow. In his life, yeah. Wow. So Amazing. Good for him. Way cool. to go, buddy. Uh, that's great. I hope he got the game ball. Yeah, yeah I, I hope he did too because he deserved it. He earned it. Yeah, really did. that's awesome. Okay, well, uh, we mentioned Buffalo just a minute ago when we talked about New England. Uh, they, they're facing them. Uh, that's they're they're playing pretty pretty damn good right now. They had a, a really good performance on Thanksgiving, beat the Saints thirty-one to six. Josh Allen had four touchdown passes, and uh, he found a lot of his favorite weapons that game. Um, this is going to be great. I can't wait for this. Patriots Bills matchup, especially playing them two out of three weeks. Yeah, it, it is gonna be like it's like it's like a little mini, like uh uh what what do I want to say? Series. It's like yeah. a series, little mini yeah. series, right? And so and it's and that's cool because you never expected the Patriots to be where they are now. 
No. I expected the Bills to be here. I expect the Patriots to be where they are. So this is going to be it's going to be good theater, good football theater. Watching sure. these two go at it for the next two weeks. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Buffalo's offense was great that game, but uh, their defense was phenomenal. They held New Orleans to 190 total yards, only 12 first downs in the entire game. Trevor Simeon uh, struggled, didn't uh, didn't play too great. Uh, there's talk that he will be replaced by Taysom Hill, and uh, they'll move forward with that. Um, they just there was nothing going on for the Saints in that that game. Buffalo just completely shut them down. Yeah, Buffalo did completely shut them down. Um, like Allen even had two picks, and then you know what the Saints did? Nothing. They did nothing with that. There's just nothing. So, yeah, man, uh, I don't know what the answer is for the Saints. Hopefully, Taysom Hill can inject some life into that offense. But the Bills look good right now again. We'll see what they look like next week. Yeah. Question mark. So there's seven uh, seven playoff positions in both sides this year. They added one more. Uh, and the Chargers sit currently in that seventh position. Uh, such an up and down year. You and I've talked a lot last year about, you know, they seem to be emerging and being one of those teams, but uh, man, so inconsistent. It's been a tough year. They sit at six and five and they've got seven teams chasing them for that last playoff spot. They, they didn't look great against Denver. Uh, do you think they're going to be able to stay in that seventh position or are we going to see one of those teams in the hunt to track them down and pass them? You know what? I'm going to say, I think they keep it. Okay. I think they keep it. I, I think they keep their positioning. I think Herbert has the talent to do it and he has the weapons to keep that offense rolling. He's had flashes of brilliance. And I think the kid has it in him to have fractions, more flashes of brilliance to keep this thing afloat and to keep them where they're at, at this point in time. I, I think, I think they can pull it off. Okay. That's great. Um, yeah. Uh, Patrick Sertain was the big uh, main reason why the, uh, the Broncos were able to beat the chargers. He had a couple of picks of Herbert and one was a pick six. Uh, Broncos are sitting uh, just one. Uh, they're sitting in the same record, but they're just, they're in eighth right now. Uh, six and five. Vegas is also six and five in ninth. We've got Indy six and six and Cleveland six and six uh, sitting in 10th and 11th Pittsburgh. And then Miami, Miami, really the only team really left that has any type of shot at, at getting there. And we, we already mentioned them. So uh, a few little news and notes uh, before we move on. Um, the Browns Ty Conklin is out for the season, uh, suffered a knee injury yesterday uh, Dalvin Cook dislocated shoulder. I mentioned that. Uh, Mike McCarthy is in COVID protocol. Dallas's coach uh, might have to miss this upcoming game. And um, let's see what else. Uh, that's that could be it. Um, Patriots Bills. Oh yeah. Uh, the Patriots Bills, we mentioned they play um, those top spots. They play again on 
Boxing Day is that uh, that game Ooh. that's uh, <laughs> yeah, just uh, the second out of three games. Uh, who else? Oh, uh, Debo's Debo sprain is keeping him out week to week. Darren Waller uh, out with a knee injury one to two weeks. Pat Fearmouth, uh concussion. Not sure how long he'll be out. Dan Arnold, unfortunately, has an MCL sprain out four to six weeks for the Jags, their new acquisition at tight end. Uh, and the Cowboys defensive tackle, Tristan Hill, has suspended two games for his post-game punch to the face of John Simpson of the Raiders on Thanksgiving Day. There was some extracurricular activity there that they said uh, not within the rules and uh, suspended him two games. So I'm sure that's going to hurt Dallas a little bit. Yeah. You know, they, people use their top when you're supposed to be calm and then the man wasn't calm. And so he ended up punching a man in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, still sits 17 to nine. Uh, in the Monday nighter, Washington up by a touchdown and two point conversion. Uh, what is it? A few minutes left, uh, three minutes left or so. Okay, why don't we uh, why don't we switch and talk about the NBA? Let's uh, focus a little bit on uh, some of the goings on in the NBA. Uh, I guess I guess kind of. Uh, the biggest news today was um, uh, Ennis Cantor has decided to change his name. He will now be called Ennis Cantor Freedom. He became a U.S. US citizen today at the official swearing ceremony, uh, and he said he wanted to celebrate by officially changing his name to add Freedom to, to be his last name. Uh, he's been a very outspoken critic of the Turkish government and President Erdogan. Uh, he was labeled a terrorist. His father has been arrested, his passport revoked, and he's had enough of that. He wants to become a full-time U.S. citizen and change his name to Freedom. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, exciting, exciting days in the Freedom household. Yes, yes. Freedom, freedom. Like, but it, it almost reminds me of uh, uh, Mel Gibson where he played that role, Braveheart. Braveheart, yeah. Yes, yeah. it's like freedom. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for him. Good for him. Kind of sucks that um, the president is so petty that he would throw his family members in jail. God, I hope they're still not in jail, by the way. Yeah. And also, too, that they would revoke his passport so that he can't come back like that that's that's ridiculous to me yeah. like really Pretty the guy's expressing his opinion pretty sure a lot of people don't like that guy as president just like a lot of people don't like a lot of their presidents for their country yeah but i i, I think that's the first where they just said you know what i don't like you either you're out of my country like that's ridiculous that's ridiculous oh, so yeah. i'm glad that he's an american citizen and i'm glad that it looks like the u.s has embraced Ennis and uh, good for him. Yeah, for him. I'm happy for him. Yeah, uh, it made me think of a couple of guys that changed their name that uh, sort of similar. Uh, World be free. He was born Lord uh, Lloyd Bernard Free, 
and he changed his name to World Be Free. He was the prince of midair. Well, that was one of his nicknames. And all world. Uh, everybody said he was uh, all playground, all county, all region, all state. Then he became all world, uh, an amazing player, and he changed his name to World Be Free. Uh, do you remember him at all? Nope. I do not. <laughs> I, I don't remember him at all. Okay. Um, the guy that I remember who changed his name from back in the day when I was watching played for the Denver Nuggets, yeah. Chris Jackson, yeah. to Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Right. And that guy could shoot the cover off the ball. Yeah. He sure could. Yeah. He was he was one of the best shooters ever. Uh, I I got to know him quite well when I covered the NBA. And he uh he had Tourette's syndrome, which was really severe. Uh, he had uh, one of his um, symptoms of it was um, OCD. And uh, he said that when he went into a gym, uh, instantly his brain would say, you need to make 100 free throws in a row or you can't leave the gym. And so he would be there all night. He would hit 95 and then miss one. Oh, got to start back again and do a hundred in a row, uh, started perfecting his craft, but he got kicked out of the NBA because he refused to stand for the national anthem and they blackballed him and, uh, forced him out of the, out of the league. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of funny when you look at it then to now, yeah. you guys, I'll tell you this much that definitely wouldn't happen now. Now would it? No. He would have got some trouble, but I don't think he would have been blackballed and forced out of the league like that. No. I remember the other guy that changed his name was Ron Artest, changed to Meta World Peace. And uh, he kind of needed it. He was a little bit of a hothead, uh, caused the malice in the palace. And and uh, hopefully uh, in his later life, he'll be very peaceful. And uh, that was a ni nice name to change it to, Meta World Peace. Yeah, it, it's, it's great. Because, you know, like, I, I do remember what he did at the palace, at the palace where he was just wrecking people, jumped into the stands and just started throwing down. <laughs> Wasn't peaceful then. That, that was that was just Ron Artest doing Ron stuff. Wasn't yeah. medical peace. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had the uh, Pistons involved uh, in that fight. Um, and th that was at the palace. Well, we had a bit of a dust up last Sunday. Not yesterday, but the last Sunday between the Pistons and the Lakers. And uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart took a fist from LeBron, which cut him, opened up uh, a wound uh, that bled quite significantly. Uh, Isaiah Stewart tried to get at LeBron to exact some revenge and had a big on-court incident there. He was suspended a couple of games. LeBron was suspended once. Uh, and they had their rematch yesterday um, for the first time in a week. Uh, both guys played, but no incidents happened in this game. Ah, ah, come on. There will be blood. I want a bloodbath. Yeah. I want revenge. I want retro. No, of course not. Of course. I, I kind of expected this to happen. I expected that to be bygones be bygones. You know, like I'm pretty sure probably even LeBron reached out to the kid and said, hey, listen. Sorry. Yeah. Didn't mean to do that. Right. And we know that he's never done this. That was literally his first suspension he's ever had in his freaking career. Yeah. So that's not what he does. That's not what he does. 
I was shocked though, uh, because he came on and started talking about suspension and he used uh, a little bit of colorful language. They called it uh, profane language. He was warned uh, for the use of the language in his post-game interview. And he was fined $25,000 today for an obscene gesture that he gave in the latest game. Uh, we'll say that well, you you know Sam Cassell. Cassell yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so they have decided that that's uh, an obscene gesture now, and they're going to find guys if they will do the Sam Cassell. Keep doing it, boys. I love that one. I remember when Sam Cassell did that celebration first, and I'm like, yes, he does have them. They're big. They're huge. They're so big, he has to carry them like that. That's amazing. Yeah. Love it. Keep doing it. I they're, saw, they're, I saw Fred Van Vliet do it actually last week, and I didn't hear about a suspension for him. And Sam Cassell was actually on the bench. Uh, he's assistant coach now. And, uh, yeah, I saw Fred Van Vliet do it. But I, I, I haven't seen the video of LeBron doing it, but I was surprised to see that he had been fine today. Whatever. You know what LeBron's thinking to himself? 25 grand, which is like $25 to me. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. Yeah, Whatever. yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, what, what's 25 Gs when he makes 284000 a game? <laughs> yeah, that'd be nothing to me. Nothing. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, other news came out today. Uh, Kemba Walker has been taken out of the rotation in New York. Uh, they say that He's not going to be a starter. He's not going to be a backup. He's going to be a bench warmer. He has worked himself completely off the uh, off the rotation, and uh, he will not be playing for a while. He's been terrible defensively this year. His decline has been so rapid, and uh, yeah, he went back to New York. He wanted to return to his hometown. It hasn't worked out well with the Knicks, and they're struggling. They see that uh, his defense and that whole starting lineup defensively has been terrible. They need to make some changes to shake it up. Yeah. And, you know, like I, I, I feel for Kemba, like his best years were obviously in Charlotte. And I, I think his, his body is just failing him now, mm-hmm. especially that one wonky knee that he's always had throughout his career. I think it's definitely, definitely now affected his capacity to play the game. Yeah. So, so he might be nearing the end right here, right now. Yeah, it's really too bad. Uh, Denver got some terrible news today as forward Michael Porter Jr. is going have to undergo back surgery. Uh, no timetable on his return until after the surgery. This will be his third back surgery. Uh, he, um, he missed his entire rookie campaign season with uh, his back surgery there. And uh, this is another blow for Denver. They've lost four in a row. They've got Jamal Murray and PJ Dozier out with ACL tears. Uh, Jokic has had a a sprained wrist and has been out about a week, missed four games, all losses. Um, I don't see Denver being able to compete at the top of the conference uh, with all these injuries. No, no, man. They just, they've lost too much. They've lost too many of like of their key players that they need to make a run on this team. And uh, especially with Michael Porter. But the problem is with Michael Porter, that's why so many teams 
took a pass on him because his his medical with his back yeah. is absolutely atrocious. It's bad. Like it's really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the man has done everything in his power to stay on the court and uh, even play, but that back is no joke, man. And I have no idea what they're going to do with that going forward now that they signed him to that huge extension. So, yeah, yeah, very surprising, man. That's tough. Uh, also, having to undergo surgery this week will be Joe Harris, the sharpshooter for the Brooklyn Nets, undergoing ankle surgery and expected to miss between four to eight weeks. Uh, a blow for uh, for Brooklyn there. Yeah, yeah, unexpected blow for sure. Um, I, you know what though, they they do have the wherewithal to withstand the loss of Joe Harris. If I don't know, James Harden puts down the Twinkie, maybe that might help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Um. Okay. Uh. Some other news and notes. Uh. Goran Dragic has decided to take a leave of absence for personal reasons. Uh, he's basically been stapled to the bench in Toronto. He was part of the Cairo Lowry trade that brought over Precious Achua, but for some reason um, they don't utilize him in Toronto. There has been talks about the possibility of a trade there, but nothing has been worked out, and he's decided to leave for personal reasons. Is this more like, hey, I'd rather sit on my couch than sit on a bench where you're not going to play me? Uh, Do you think uh, that's kind of the case there? Could be. There could be actually something going on behind the scenes that we are not aware of. But at the end of the day, though, I think there's paying him a lot of money just to not do anything. Like, I, I don't know what his what his salary is, but I think I'm, I'm pretty sure it's above 15 million. Yeah. So yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm still getting paid. So yeah. might as well just get paid and, you know, hang out with the family. I think my kids still like me. You know, I'm just going to do that. If yeah. that's the case. And if it is, well, whatever, man. I, I know that there, there was discussion between himself and the team, and the team wanted to go in a certain way, develop their young talent, and if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. So yeah. basically, right now, he's in a holding pattern waiting to be traded. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, those last three stories are about guys that uh, aren't, aren't playing and won't be playing for the next foreseeable future, but uh, there's a return to the NBA for the longtime ref, Tony Brown. He's returning to work after being off for eight months, dealing with chemotherapy treatment for pancreatic cancer. Uh, He will be in the NBA replay um, offices tonight and going forward for the next little while until he can actually return to the court to be a referee. He went through 14 rounds of chemo already. Three more to go. Uh, they say his uh, tumors have shrank significantly and uh, they think his health is returning. And great news to see him actually getting an opportunity to return to some semblance of, of a job. That's a great feel-good story. It's always great to see somebody overcome something of that magnitude because so many times it goes the opposite way and it still can. Yeah. But it, it, it's nice to see that his battle back, it's in some sort of form of regression, and he's able to return to the sport that he loves. So, way to go, Tony. Yeah. Uh, he was great in the finals in 2020. Uh, loved watching him there. He's he's refereed 1,109 regular season games and two all-star games. 
And uh, nice to see a guy having being able to battle back from something that's so brutal because pancreatic cancer uh, is, is one of the toughest and one of the, the ones that usually a lot of people do not survive. So I'm glad to hear that that he has been doing really well. Um, awesome. Awesome. I'm glad to, that he's coming back. Um, the Raptors, I mentioned Goran Dragic uh, out, but uh, they've had some tons of injury troubles lately. OJ Ananobi uh, has some hip troubles, missing his seventh straight game. Kem Birch is out with some knee swelling. Gary Trent Jr. has a severe calf bruise. And uh, they just be, seem to be getting hit with tons of injuries. And uh, this is a, being a tough year for the Raptors and their fans. Yeah, it, it has been tough. A lot of injuries. People coming back from injuries. At least Pascal Siakwam, I believe, is back on the court. So that that's a, that's a bonus, um, but uh, it's just hardships that they're gonna have to try to deal with as they go through this NBA season. Yeah. Uh, tonight is the rematch between Denver and Miami, where Nikolai Jokic ended up shoving Markeith Morris. They had a bit of an altercation, and uh, Morris hasn't played since. Uh, and Jokic has been out quite a bit with a um, strained wrist. Uh, let's see how it's going. Uh, Denver's oh, Denver ended up winning uh, 120, 111. Jokic had 24, 15, and seven. And uh, let's see, did, did Morris get himself in there? Uh, he did not. No, he never uh, has appeared. And uh, we thought he was faking the injury but he hasn't played since he has not played since that game yeah oh well <laughs> i'm sorry man hey i agree with Shaq, and i actually do agree with Shaq on this you're gonna hit a man like that expect to be hit back yeah don't turn your back on that because guess what the hit's still coming yeah i don't feel sorry for him i'm sorry i just don't True. you know what you did when you did it so yeah. don't expect that nothing was going to – shots weren't going to be fired back your way. That's true. Yeah, that's not how it goes. That's not how it goes. Yeah. So. Uh, tonight was a game between the Ball brothers, Lonzo and LaMelo. Tonight, uh, Chicago and Charlotte. Uh, both teams having a really good start to the year. Uh, Chicago ends up pulling off a big 133-19 win tonight. Uh, Lonzo, his numbers were, uh, not, not fantastic. Uh, he had 16 points, eight assists, uh, and LaMelo had, uh, 18 points, 13 assists and seven rebounds. Um, <laughs> Chicago, Chicago got the better of them, but sounds like LaMelo had the better night between the ball brothers. Doesn't matter because if I'm Lonzo, I go still won the game. Little brother. Remember <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, i guess you got the bragging rights there don't you yeah yeah uh chicago's one of the best teams in the east and um we were talking earlier about uh all the additions that they've done in the offseason and suddenly they've turned it around and i did a deep dive into the general manager of the bulls and uh i know this guy a little bit his name is Mark Eversley. He's the first Canadian-trained basketball player to ever become an NBA GM. First GM from Canada, Toronto area, 
uh, and the first person of color to ever hold that position for the Chicago Bulls franchise. Um, fantastic career already, finally given the reins in Chicago, and he's doing a really, really good job there. That's amazing. I asked you before, I don't know who this dude is, but he's he's pushed all the right buttons. And now to know that he's a person of color and he's a Canadian, oh, I'm over the moon. I couldn't be happier for this dude. No. Like, look, look at the success he has. Like, all the all the all the pieces that he's pieced together for this team. Now he can firmly just say, you know what? I did all that. Yeah. That's me. I'm all of that and a bag of chips, yeah. bag of nuts, bag of everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. I couldn't be happier for him. I really couldn't because the team has shown that all the moves he made were the right moves. Yeah. And also, too, I want to add in this. Um, uh, the combination of Zach Lamine and DeMar DeRozan are the highest scoring one-two punch in the NBA at yeah. this moment in time. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, DeMar's uh, got career high points per game, 25.8 points per game. And uh, I can't believe what they traded for him. Uh, I looked at the trade and it was Thaddeus Young and a couple of draft picks uh, from San Antonio. Like, man, they stole him. Uh, an incredible move. Uh, I, I remember Mark from Toronto. He was the assistant GM there uh, when Brian Colangelo, Colangelo was their GM. Uh, when Colangelo got fired, he he also got the axe. Uh, he went to Washington. Colangelo ended up finally going to Philly, and he ended up following Colangelo over to Philly, was in Philly up until the Bulls hired Eversley uh, in 2020 to take over the franchise. The other deals that he's made were uh, the big sign-and-trade deal for Lonzo Ball. Uh, I don't know what the hell the Pelicans were thinking there. Um, he signed Alex Caruso. You told me the amount of money it was. Uh, what was the deal? Four years? Four, and- four years, $37 million. Yeah. Like, like that, that. What a song. What a, oh, what a deal. What yeah. a deal. Amazing deal. And uh, Nick Vucevic. Uh, and he got Vucevic and... Al Farouk Aminu uh, from the Magic for Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto Porter, who's now in uh, Golden State, and two first-round picks. So uh, he stole uh, Vucevic and Aminu from there. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's amazing how much he's been able to turn around this Bulls franchise and assemble a, a, a top top team. Yeah, and then also too, just seeing that like those two guards of Caruso and Lonzo Ball, the way that they they work off each other, they lock down opponents. I just saw it the other day where they were playing against the Magic, uh, uh, and yeah. those two were so disruptive that the the Magic couldn't run their offensive sets. Yeah, they literally couldn't run their offensive sets because of those two guys. Yeah, I saw them play the Heat the other day, and uh, the bulldog that Caruso is is just incredible. Yeah, he's such a defensive bulldog. Yeah, he, and, and just the two of them together because they have a defensive mindset. Oh, man, the Bulls are going to be tough to play against come playoff time, man. I know, yeah. Yeah, it's great to see them uh, so well, doing so well. Uh, okay, we are on the eve of a historic game tomorrow night this is the game between the warriors and the suns uh this is the first time in nba history 
two teams from the same division will play each other with winning percentages of 850 or higher with at least 20 games played into a season. Uh, we've got the Golden State Warriors at 18 and 2, won 14 of their last 15 and seven in a row. And the Suns, 16 wins in a row after a one and three start. And uh, they play each other twice this week, Tuesday, Friday. Uh, this is going to be awesome. I cannot wait. I do not want to miss one second of this. I'm PVR in both games and I'm going to fast forward, rewind. I'm going to watch this whole thing unfold because these are the two best teams in the league. And it's going to be so amazing to see them battle each other right uh, these twice this week. I might actually skip my workout I always do just to watch that game. That's how good the game is. That I, I like I'm super looking forward to it because both these teams are playing out of their mind. Yeah. Out of their mind. They are the cream of the crop so far in the NBA. Uh yeah. And this might be the foreshadowing of what it looks like for the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. This know. could be it. This could be what it. We're yeah. right now could be the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, that's incredible. Would that be something? Uh, Devin Booker has been phenomenal lately, uh, 30 points in three straight games, shooting over 50% from the field and 40% from three. Uh, really, he's he's their offense. Uh, they're, they're not getting, you know, any big contributions from anybody else. Uh, Steph with the Warriors this year has been getting contributions from many guys. He is still second in the NBA in scoring average per game, but um, he's he's got Wiggins, he's got Poole, he's got many guys being able to contribute. And uh, this is going to be great to, to watch. Uh, both teams are good defensively and great offensively. Uh, this is a battle of the Titans. And, and uh, yeah, I think uh, whoever can – if one team can win both of them, I think it's really going to springboard them to, you know, dominating this conference. And it's bragging rights, right? Because it's just like, well, I own you. I own you. <laughs> and, like, I, I expect Steph – I actually expect, like, an offensive explosion from Steph. Steph lo- likes making statements in games like this. Yeah. And I expect him to make a big statement coming up. But I also expect Devin Booker to not take a, a backseat to Steph. Yeah. And then Booker will have a big game, too. This – this might be one of those classic games. You remember back in the day when we saw Michael Jordan against Dominique Wilkins and they yeah. went tit for tat? For sure. This could be that kind of game. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, also, they play on Christmas Day, uh, 2 o'clock tip-off here on the West Coast. So they're playing three games against each other in less than a month. Um, man, it is going to be so fun to, to witness two teams at the top uh, with with Phoenix being able to go all the way to the final last year, really got that confidence, know what they're good at, have been playing great. Warriors finally healthy in a lot of ways and really just have put things together this year. Uh, 18 and two against 17 and three. Uh, this is this is fun. I'm glad they the schedule makers have put these teams together twice this week. Uh, the Suns play Detroit on Thursday. So it's not back to back for them, but it is back to back for the Warriors. So uh, Suns might be a little tired playing three games and four nights uh, and a back to backer, but um, t- tomorrow night uh, should be all systems go 
everybody seems healthy and uh, I think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be so fun. I, I cannot wait. We're, uh, we're less than 24 hours away from it. Yeah, man. I, I am looking forward to that. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I like I said, I'm probably going to skip the workout. I'm just going to kick back, watch the game and enjoy. And then we'll be texting back and forth. We'll be yeah. texting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to mention uh, with the, uh, with the NBA, um, we, we've covered a few things. Uh, the other team that's sort of hot right now is the Bucks. They've won seven in a row. Uh, they finally have put things together, and they're up into fifth place in the Eastern Conference at, with a 13-8 and record. That was what I was going to mention next, was the fact that, yeah, it was only a matter of time until they got their people back, and once they were healthy, they're going to make a run, which yeah. is exactly what they're going to do which is what they're doing right now. So yeah. yeah, watch out for the bucks. Watch out. Uh, and somehow, some way the rockets have won three in a row. They were one in 16 and now they're four and 16. I don't know what's went on there. I don't know how they've turned it around and won three in a row. Uh, pretty bizarre to be the worst team in the league by far and suddenly win three in a row. I guess every once in a while, like, you know, like, uh, you know, even if you're wrong, the clock is right you know, twice in a day or whatever, whatever they say, but yes, they're, they, they're able to win some games here, but let's be honest here. They're not moving from the bottom of the league. That's where they're going to stay. They're going to be basement dwellers for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess my last comment is uh, John Morant uh, hurt for the Grizzlies. Uh, hopefully it's not, Super serious. Uh, it's a knee injury, but uh, no word on how serious. Uh, they sit in the eighth position in the West, and he is so key to that franchise. Uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that it's uh, he's going to get back out there really soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I hopefully a speedy recovery for John Morant because uh, the Grizzlies need him. They need his offense. They need his energy. They need his leadership. Yeah. Okay, let's turn to the UFC. There was no card this past Saturday, but we can look ahead to the card this coming Saturday, the 4th, December 4th. Uh, main event has uh, the former featherweight longtime champion, Jose Aldo, facing uh, Rob Font. Uh, tell me what your thoughts are in this, in this matchup. Old Bull versus Young Buck, pretty much. And... This 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 fight will show like what all those got left in the tank, and what is Rob Font ready to make that critical jump into contention, serious right. contention for the belt. Right. That's what this fight is all about. Cool. And if Rob Font can pass the Jose Aldo test, which is one hell of a test, yeah. then he's ready. He's right there. He's ready. Both guys uh, ranked in the top five. Font is number four. Uh, Jose is number five. Um, both of them are fighting in their third weight class. They both started at 155, went to the 145 class, and, and now fighting in 135. Uh, Jose was longtime featherweight champion, 18-fight winning streak, uh, undefeated for over a decade, uh, an amazing, amazing career. Uh, he was the last uh, featherweight champion in the WEC, became champ in the UFC, and held the belt for a very, very long time. 
obviously lost it to Conor McGregor, came back, got it in a fight uh, against Frankie Edgar, was able to uh, take the belt, eventually lost it again to uh, Max Holloway. Uh, Max Holloway was able to get him on back-to-back wins, TKOing him in back-to-back last minute of the third round in both fights. But uh, he has just had an incredible, incredible career. I don't think he's done yet. Uh, I love seeing him fighting uh, somebody a bit younger and -and up-and-comer. Man, uh, I can remember so many amazing performances from Jose Aldo and and uh, I'm looking forward to this one a lot. Yeah, I am as well. I, you can just never count him out. Like, he's just that good. And he's always going to be in, like, the top five. Like, he, he's just, he's almost, like, timeless. He's like yeah. a fine wine. Like, he's just, he's always going to be there, and he's always going to be dangerous, and he's always going to be that good. That's what a Hall of Famer is all about, and that's what Jose Aldo epitomizes. Yeah. Listen to the guys that on his run. Listen to the top of the the competition he fought cub swanson mike brown Araya faber manny gamburian mark hominick kenny florian tw- uh, chad mendes twice frankie edgar uh and his fight against marlon marais uh, last year he lost a split decision watch that fight again everybody no way that was a horrible decision by the judges he won that and um also, today, I heard Aldo said that he wants to fight TJ Dillashaw next. Um, he wants to fight on the Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling undercard against TJ. Uh, I was kind of surprised that he's looking ahead already um, before he's even fought uh, Rob Font here. Dangerous. Yeah. Interesting. But he's Jose Aldo, so I guess he can do that. <laughs> I guess he can look past the number four guy. crazy isn't it yeah crazy uh fonts on four fight win streak he beat cody garbrandt marlon marais uh ricky simone and sergio pettis he's nine and three in the ufc and he's had a decorated career um but yeah i'm looking forward to uh the main event uh the co-main event has brad riddell against rafael fiziev uh, that should be a banger. Those those two guys uh, will bring it, I'm sure. Fight of the night. I'm going to say it right now. That's fight of the night. Yeah. Because like, Brad Riddell will bang. He will come to war. And Fiziev will not take a back step. That will be fight of the night. Cool. I expect an absolute fucking battle between these two. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, we see the Carpenter Clay Guido back against Leonardo Santos. The Jimmy Crute Jamal Hill light heavyweight ba- battle should be uh, a banger as well. Yeah, Jamal Hill coming back after his arm got turned into spaghetti by Paul Craig. That was super disgusting. Anyways, so that's cool to see that these two are back, and then Jimmy Crute suffering that what that nerve thing his leg all rose up and he couldn't even move it yeah anyway so it's it's gonna be good it's gonna be good (laughs) hopefully those guys don't destroy each other like they did in their previous fights so it's gonna be a good fight (laughs) yeah it's gonna be a hell of a fight uh the main fight on the prelim card has maki patolo fighting dusko tudorovich um these both these guys are tough as nails and uh they're gonna bring it yeah, yeah, they are going to bring it. And uh, uh, 
Tusco, if I if I remember uh, correctly, it's got some very odd movement. Right. Uh, and I don't know if the other guy's going to have a problem with that movement of his, but it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I I like I like the matchup. It's going to be a very interesting fight between these two. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of great. Uh... Fighters on the card, Zuma Guloff will be great to watch, as always. Uh, Alonzo Menafield's on the card. Uh, Chris Gritchmeyer. Um, yeah, it's going to be a, a good fight card um, on the heels, uh, on the eve of UFC 269, which we're all excited. And looks like uh, we're going to have a big gang getting together to watch that one together. It's going to be a great night. That's going to be a great night of fights. And, uh, yeah, the, the the closer we get to 269, it seems like the more of us are going to be showing up to watch that yeah. fight together. I know. It's going to be great. Uh, okay, a few news and notes from the UFC. Um, Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov, uh, I should know how to say that really. <laughs> uh, he's planning a huge press conference uh, in a couple of weeks to uh, announce some details to bring his Eagle FC fight promotion to the U S uh, in January, they're going to have a fight card in Miami. Uh, the promotion so far has only had cards in Russia, but uh, he's decided that he wants to bring it over here. Uh, he said he's planning on fight uh, signing about 50 fighters, former UFC and Bellator guys, and a lot of young guys that have not, um, made it up to the upper echelons yet. Uh, they broadcast their fights on Fight Pass currently, but um, they want to have some U.S. Uh, fight cards, and uh, it'll be interesting to see the Eagle FC fight card uh, coming over here. Yeah, yeah, that's cool to see him branching out and being his own uh, own boss of his own organization. Yeah, good for him, man, because, hey, he, I think he's learned from fighting in the UFC. It's like, if I want to really control my own destiny, make as much as I can out of this sport, and also grow the talent the way that I believe the talent should be grown. Just have my own organization. So good for him. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Uh, okay, there was uh, a another fight card from the Triller Triad Combat uh, promotion, and uh, we were talking about it a little bit earlier today. Uh, Frank Mir got absolutely rocked by Kubrat Pulev in Texas. Uh, he was just standing there, wobbled, didn't know what was going on. And they just waited and waited and waited until uh, the other guy was going to go in and destroy him. And finally, Merguiat is like, no, I guess he's done. He's done. Yeah, Merguiat said he kind of thought maybe he would take a knee or he would do something, but he just never ended up being able to get his wits about him. Uh, that was a crazy shot that really just put him out on his feet. That was nuts. I've never, I've never seen anything like it. Like he just wobbled. Like it was, <laughs> it was pretty funny. If, oh. if you haven't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, check it out on YouTube because it's just like, man, he's he got walloped. He got walloped, and then. The after effects of that was uh, pretty shocking, to say the <laughs> least. But I got to say it, man. Unfortunately, I think Frank took that as a payday, as he should. But he could have come in in a little better bit shape. better shape. Yeah. He, was, he, was, he, he didn't look good. 
He's uh, 0-2 in this promotion. He lost a decision in April to Steve Cunningham. Uh, didn't look like he was in good shape, and I'm not sure why he's uh, main event worthy. But uh, he said he got more money for this fight than he did for any fight that he fought in the UFC yeah. or Bellator. Uh, this He said this trailer triad combat promotion is paying massive amounts of money to these guys. Uh, we talked about one of the co-main, uh, well, one of the fights on the card, uh, Mike Perry got paid 250K for uh, his fight. Uh, his biggest purse in the UFC was 90K in 2019. Uh, he won by split decision, but he actually really looked surprised <laughs> that they called his name because he was beat up pretty bad. Uh, he won the split decision, but um, there, there was a lot of uh, volleys fired back and forth between this trailer. They say they're paying uh, their ushers more than they're paying the guys <laughs> in the UFC to fight. <laughs> uh, they're they're uh, they're trying to um, piss Dana White off and and put on these events, but uh, they better start getting some better talent. Uh, you know, some really really top end talent where. Uh, you know, you, you feel like paying for to watch a guy, not not Frank Mir, who's, you know, over the hill and, and out of shape. Uh, why do we want to pay big money for, for a guy like him? Yeah, because you're not going to. But I understand what they're doing. They're taking a page out of the Paul's playbook, which is attack, attack, attack the attack, the boss, attack the guy that's controlling everything right now, attack him and then see what what may fall out of that which is fighters on, with, on the UFC roster saying, oh, what the hell, man? They're making that much money over there? As soon as my contract's out, done, I'm done. Yeah. I'm bolting. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. That's it. That's the play right there. That's what right. they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, John Jones was in the news. Uh, he got schooled on the wrestling mat by Jaden Cox who's a former Olympic bronze medalist and two-time world champion, um, did not look good on the wrestling mat. Uh, supposedly, he plans to make his heavyweight debut in the UFC mid to late 2022, uh, but he has a court date before the end of the year <laughs> to uh, try to deal with this uh, alleged domestic violence charge and all the troubles that he's got going on outside the sport yeah yeah i guess that's why his his uh his uh eventual uh debut in the heavyweight division will be somewhat delayed until he deals with you know that stuff yeah. that's looming over him and once yeah. that's dealt with then hey back to fighting and on whatever yeah. <laughs> uh okay there was a huge upset in the boxing world on saturday George Combosis Jr. won a split decision over Teofimo Lopez. He won the IBF, WBO, and WBA titles and the Ring Lightweight World Championship, uh, possibly becoming the greatest Australian boxer ever. He won a split decision. Uh, the scores were 115, 111, 115, 113. And Lopez uh, was, on, was the winner on the other Scorecard 114, 113. Uh, everybody in the house, everybody at home, all the analysts had uh, Combosis winning this. Uh, it was a close fight, 
But um, shocking, shocking, shocking news for the boxing world. Yeah, of course, because Teofimo was supposed to, I believe, if I remember correctly, he's supposed to run through this guy. Yeah. This was not supposed to happen. None of this was supposed to happen. No. So this is probably on the same scale. Well, yeah, but you know what? I'm just going to throw it out there. I think it's on the same scale as Michael Moore beating um, on, is it Tyson. No. No, he. Uh, oh, no, it wasn't that. Michael Moore no. beat. Ah, come on. Was come it? on, Brain. Help me out here. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, was it? Was it George Foreman? Foreman, I think you're right. Yeah. Yes, it was George Foreman. Yeah. It was George Foreman. That it's on that level. Yeah. It's on that level of him doing that because it was completely unexpected. It was pretty shocking. Uh, Lopez won his title in a shocking upset of Lomachenko uh, 13 months ago. Uh, that a lot of people were not expecting that. Uh, Lomachenko was one of the pound for pound best in the world at the time. And uh, yeah, he got his title uh, was going to fight sooner than this, but he got COVID and had to miss a little bit of time. I'm not sure if he had any lingering effects from COVID. He didn't mention that, but uh, he grabbed the mic during the uh, post-fight stuff, and he said, what the hell are you guys talking about? I won this fight. I won 10 rounds to two. Uh, he started screaming, uh, thanks for the victory. I want to thank all my fans, and I, I am the winner of this fight and stuff. And he started getting seriously booed, very, very heavily booed in front of the American fans because – uh, he was quite delusional. He did not win this fight. Oh, I, I remember somebody doing that in the UFC. What was his name? Marvin Vittori. It was Marvin Vittori. Yeah, sometimes sometimes there's a thing called taking your loss with grace. Yeah. There's something to be said about that. That way you don't look like a complete buffoon and a fool, which is what Lopez made himself look like on that particular night. Yeah. Um... This is his quote. I've got, uh, he's a hell of a fighter, but I won tonight. Everybody knows that. Um, the referee raised my hand. I won tonight. I don't care what anybody says. I won. At the end of the day, I've been here. I've done that. I want to thank God. I want to thank everybody that came out tonight. Look, I ain't no sore loser. I just take my wins like I take my losses. And this was a win. Everybody knows it. And uh, I'll, be, I'll be answering questions as the champion from now on. Ah, that's kind of cool. Like, so self-proclaimed. Yeah. Self-proclaimed. I, I love it when boxers do that. I know I lost, but I didn't lose. <laughs> I won. <laughs> yeah, pretty nutty. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was a pretty shocking result. Uh, he knocked down Cambosis uh, uh, in the first round, but Cambosis uh, came back and dominated and um, yeah, ended up getting that victory and so we'll see what, what, what takes place here. Uh, a lot of people are lining up because they think uh, Combosis is an easy mark. A lot of guys are uh, wanting to throw their hat in the ring to face this guy. They say, he's a bum. I'm going to beat him. I'm going to be the champ now. And uh, who knows? Uh, they might have an immediate rematch with Lopez, but uh, we'll see uh, what shakes down in the next in the coming weeks. Yeah, because like you know, usually in 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 contracts like that, there is usually an immediate rematch clause. We saw that with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, and it's 
literally almost impossible to get out of the immediate rematch clause. So that might be happening sooner than later. Yeah. I guess we shall see. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, uh, yeah, this comes to an end. Uh, we got to cover NFL uh, completely, the NBA in a lot of ways, uh, combat world. Uh, man, uh, a lot of fun and time flies. Uh, we're getting close to quarter to nine. Uh, yeah, anything more to add before we say uh, call it a night? No, actually, I don't. Oh, oh okay, I do. I do. Tia female needs to learn that sometimes you get beat in this game. Yeah. And you need to learn that you're always better off uh, losing with grace than doing whatever the hell that was. Yeah, true. You're always better off doing that. I don't know if you'll ever learn that. Maybe it's too late. I, I think he's only in his early 20s. Maybe it is too late for him. Maybe he will never get that through his head. But um, even his uh, opponent that took all his belts said that. It's like he's young. Give him some time. Hopefully he'll learn from this particular egregious mistake that he did. Yeah. So, we'll yeah, it wasn't uh, the best look. It definitely didn't look very sportsmanlike. And it was too bad. Uh, hopefully he'll get it clear ahead. As uh, the days come by and he'll uh, put out an apology and uh, realize his mistake there, just not being a gracious loser and realizing uh, the other guy was a better man on that night. Um, let's finish with the NFL here. Uh, it's a final Washington football team beat the Seahawks. Uh, they sit now at five and six and uh, Seattle is at three and eight. Uh, out of the playoff picture. Uh, I guess Seattle got a late touchdown, went for a two-point conversion, and was not able to secure it. They lost 17-15 in this game. Oh, surprising that they didn't make a two-point conversion. Amazing. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew you weren't too excited about this game. I don't think a lot of people were. Not one of those... Great primetime games we've seen most of the year here, but uh, yeah, sorry, Seattle. Uh, it's time to rebuild. I think uh, they better blow up some of this team and uh, yeah, retool. Uh, it's it's not working this way anymore. No, no, it, it, it just isn't. It just isn't. It's uh, the writing's on the wall, so to speak. So we'll see what happens in the off season and see what they start to do with the team. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, I'll send you on to your evening. Enjoy the rest of your night, and uh, I'll see you sometime tomorrow. All right. We will see you tomorrow, my friend. Adios. Cheers. Bye for now. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for sticking in and watching and listening to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. Go to our website, completesportsmedia.com, and our parent site, completemedianetwork.com. Uh, support our partners and sponsors as always uh, we've got great sponsors anchor fm the easiest place to make a podcast verbero the hockey equipment and apparel company pampas and possibilities designers of handmade curated west coast things for your home and forever living the aloe vera company for health and beauty products uh, we thank you as always and uh, tune in uh, this coming week. We're going to have some great um, podcasts and some great content, a lot of uh, funny things, a lot of amazing 
uh, podcast scheduled over the coming weeks. So, and uh, we're getting close to Christmas. It's uh, less than a month away now. And uh, lots of fun will be had over those uh, Christmas holidays. So thanks for your support. Love you guys lots. And we will talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye for now.